0: What is up? Welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week we are sitting down with Savage Gasp. I'm very stoked on this one because he is a very cool artist story. Him and I met almost exactly a year ago and at that time he was just beginning or had been working on it for a while but was just starting to get some exposure and literally in this one year he has had so much success and so many crazy things happen so I feel like this was the perfect time to do this episode. We talk about the day that we met, we talk about him coming to our house in LA, he recorded a really important song here at that house, Uh, it was the day that I off him a spot on the version 3 tour a lot happened on that day and almost exactly a year later ton more has happened for him so really perfect timing to get into this episode and tell his story Uh, i think you guys are really gonna like this one another really cool thing is this is the first ever video version of where Are all my friends so if you want to watch instead of listen the video is up on youtube there's a where Are all my friends account search this episode you'll find it i hope you guys like that that was fun to try i want to really start doing more of that so let me know what you think of that On a similar note, if you're watching or listening, if you like this episode, please share it on social media, tell a friend that you think might like this about it, Really, that's been the best way for this to grow. Your sharing it, your feedback, all of that helps me so, so much. If you want to go super above and beyond and leave a review on iTunes, that's always awesome. But just overall, sharing it helps me so much, and I really do appreciate it. I am Andrew underscore FTW, and Gasper is at Savage Gasp altogether. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to LA first and foremost. Thank you. Welcome to where are all my friends?
1: Dude, I feel like I've been here this whole time.
0: Honestly. No, dude, I'm so stoked for this one. Like cuz I mean, we were talking about the podcast. I guess on the second tour, I had just barely started doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do a ton of it, uh, a ton of episodes early because I wanted to like get the rhythm right and all that. So I'm kind of stoked that it it's you back in LA now.
1: I feel like this is a much better time.
0: Exactly. Than before. And so much happened with all of your music stuff that I feel like it's just better all around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for being here. I'm glad it worked out.
1: Thank you for having me as always.
0: For anybody listening and not watching, we have the squad here, too. This has become my favorite way to Gah. do it. I used to do it just in my room, just like shift my desk and all that. But with the new couch setup, I kind of like being able to, like, hang out with everybody. Yeah, this is fire. Yeah. So anybody listening, we got Fatsy Young Burial here. Bang, bang. We got Jack here filming, chilling. We got Tommy Loverboy here.
1: Bang, 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 bang. Part
0: of the Savage Gaff story. So I feel like this was all meant to be. I'm stoked. Um, So what I like to do, first and foremost, is for anybody that doesn't know you, just real quick... Tell a listener who you are, what you do, what your project's all about. Um,
1: Okay. So my name is Savage Gasp. I'm from Fort Knox, Kentucky. Um, I like making music with my boys, shaking that ass in a circle, and having a good time. And literally, I feel like that pretty (laughs) much sums up my project fully. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. it's
0: pretty much all there is to say about it. I mean, honestly. Um, Okay, cool. So... What I like to do then is I like to go back to kind of like where you find music, where you get into doing what you love doing. And we've talked about this just in being friends, but you came from a totally different world outside of music. So take me back to young (laughs) Gasper. What life is before music, what you're up to, where you live, paint that picture.
1: Okay, so let me set the scene for you. Set the scene. So we're talking Fort Knox, Kentucky. We're talking trees,
0: sunrise,
1: sunrise in the distance, maybe some grass,
0: temperature, fresh dew
1: on the grass. We're talking a cool 68 degrees temperature. You know, the dew's on the grass, you know, the birds are chirping.
0: But that's fine. No, 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 we're, we're not doing all that. Okay.
1: All right, so it's beautiful out. A young gasp is waking up in the morning. For soccer practice he awakens in his bed and he's like ah what am I going to do today he looks at his agenda I'm going to go to soccer practice and then I'm going to exist and do nothing for the rest of the day and at this point in my life I was like is this all it's ever going to be And I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to be a teacher. Like, I knew that I wanted to be a PE teacher so I could coach soccer. Okay. And that was really the only, like, true, like, aspiration that I had at that point. So I was like, all right, let's go to soccer practice. So I was doing this every single day. And I'd been doing it for most of my life. Like, I'd played soccer since I was, like, four. And then, like, started playing competitively when I was, like, ten. And played at a high level, I would say, all through high school. So... I thought that that was, like, all there really was to life, at the, honestly, at the time. So, long story short, I'm going to soccer practice, we'll say, this particular day. And at practice, this kid, like, seriously, seriously injures me. How old are you? Uh, I was probably 17 at the time. Okay. So, so I'm about to, we're practicing to go into our senior year season.
0: So, you'd been playing for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so, is, yeah,
1: yeah. I was going on, like, 14 years of playing. Holy... So, were you
0: good enough where you could have played pro? Like if you stayed in that path,
1: uh, I could have played I was gonna play D one for sure, but I don't know if I was gonna end up playing pro soccer because I wanted to still go to college and like have a normal
0: job. What's D one?
1: Uh, D one like college okay. soccer. Okay. So like I would like the highest level of college soccer. I would okay.
0: Say. So yeah, like as you're playing, like it wasn't like you were just wasting time and you had no potential. Like you were good enough. No, I was
1: very serious. Like that was like my life. Like cool. everything that I did like involved that. Like training to. Be as good as... uh, And it's really... I I feel like that transferred over to music, too, because even now, like, when I'm in something, I, like, dedicate every ounce of my being into, like, making sure that I'm, like, as good as possible, like, at that thing. Because, like, success is, like, a matter of perspective. And it's, like, as long as, like, in my head, like, I'm doing as much as I possibly could and, like, I was the best I could be, like, I was always, like, okay with that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, that's sick. And, like, did you with soccer did you like like what were you listening to any music that was anywhere near like what were you into
1: so like, at that time uh was when i first started actually getting into SoundCloud. like i was listening to like oliver francis and like a little bit before that i'd found like playboy cardi death in tune that was like a project that i really liked that was like the Red album from playboy cardi um diego money like icy twat like super fire at the time um I'm trying to think of some other people that, I well, Xavier Wolf, Chris oh, Travis, shit. like.
0: Okay. And was that like, like, did you have a friend showing you that, or was that kind of just you? Like, clearly, you're not. Soccer is your life. Like, you're not digging deep on. Music. Yeah, I
1: um, like, I had a friend. His one of my best friends in high school. His name was Gabe. He like came from Texas, and he knew about Maxo Cream from Texas and um, a couple other rappers from there. And then through that, he found out about Cardi. So I think this might have been after Fetty had already dropped maybe, like, around that time period. Um, And he was, like, dude, like, there's this dude named Playboy Cardi. Like, he's on, like, the come-up, whatever. Like, you got to check him out. Because I don't think Cardi was, like, super, super huge at the time. He was established, but he was still, like, a SoundCloud artist. So he was, like, yeah, man, you got to check this out. So I started, like, digging into that. And through the production, I found Mexico Dro, Icy Twat. And then I got really into, like, the production side of it. And to this day, like, I, I don't, like, make beats. I don't know how to make it. But something about it was, like really fascinating to me that like kids that were my age were out there like making all these crazy beats and i'd like never heard anything like it before because like i was listening to like lil wayne and like drake yeah and, like okay that's what i was regular like yeah stuff like, you know what like i mean like starter
0: pack of just like cool music is on
1: exactly yeah, yeah. and then when i found oliver francis that's when like everything okay. changed that was like someone that like I don't know. He just, like, inspired me.
0: You know what's so funny is, like, he was a huge part of me finding any type of that scene or anything like that as well.
1: That So, would you also listened to him, like, early on, would you say?
0: Yeah, I would say probably 2015, 16, yeah, on I'm, there.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking that's about, like, for me, 2016-ish.
0: Yeah, because I had a buddy that showed me, I think it was the Astari page, but, like, I was living in San Diego and... He just started showing me all these videos and everything, and I was like, "This is fucking sick!" And it felt special. It felt like music where the artists—I don't know—just felt like real independent music where it was like something more than just radio music or whatever. Yeah, especially and was a scene. And he was producing it too. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was like making his own. Videos I don't know. I thought everything. that was
1: so crazy. Like he's just doing this like in his house. Like all of his videos, like only had him and his friends. Like something about that was just like. You and, like, just your close homies around yeah. you, like, coming up together and just, like, having a good time and, like, having genuine fun in it. I was yeah. like, dude, like, that's who I want to be like.
0: It reminded me of when I got into music back in the day. Um, but, like, I mean, I started touring with my friends when I was – it was 2008. So, like, a lot had happened. It was, like, Warp Tour World, Warp Tour scene, whatever. And that all kind of felt like it got washed. So, seeing that, to me, I was like, oh, shit, there's still a scene. There's still people doing – independent cool shit that matters and oliver francis was one of the first that i saw that was like re-inspiring on that for me but anyway so you start finding this when you're still playing soccer yeah 17 years old at practice and you get hurt
1: yeah so in practice just like the kid was just like taking it too seriously and he i jumped up in the air to like head a ball or something and he knocked me like sideways like I flipped but when I came down I hit my head on the ground first I thought and but the way that he flipped me it like hit the side of my ankle so like my ankle like completely like caved in on you did like a whole like and a complete like 180 spin in the air like my ankle like caved in on itself on the side and I smacked my head on the ground and that was it like I knew like wake like not waking up but coming back to consciousness like that was it like there's no way that i was going to be able to play that season
0: did you break your ankle
1: yeah i did and i had a concussion fuck so surgery or just cast um just a cast at the time and okay. then the boot
0: okay yeah did you have but, that you i'm metal a my shit's all metal oh okay, okay Yeah yeah
1: yeah so but dude like my ankle was like this size for like nine months oh my god not like I like it was terrible. Dude,
0: see, I feel like I got lucky with the metal because be, like because it was so broken, they were just like, OK, cool. Surgery instantly fixed the break, instantly put metal. So the healing process is like from the second day, it's just back to straight healing. Whereas if you're waiting and casting it, you have so much recovery.
1: See, and I don't know why they don't do that for everybody.
0: I mean, I don't know. It's expensive. And I, I still it's still so weird to me to think that there's metal in my leg forever now yeah but, you're like iron man yeah but cuter i know <laughs> but okay so you uh you knew 17 oh yeah but, no I, I knew i was I like mean, that's a lot of time off your feet
1: yeah and like the kid felt bad about it but he knew too he was like i think i just fucked this kid up oh and shit. the school knew because i was like their best player that it was toast for that season Fuck. because i was the top scorer for our school for the season before oh fuck. by a long shot Fuck. so everyone was kind of just like what the fuck just happened like the one kid that
0: was like decent is, especially like, at practice was, too
1: yeah and it was like it was only a matter of like him taking it a little bit less seriously and not like so blindly like rushing into that that it, it, it would have been fine yeah fuck
0: okay so that was your life soccer is your life you get hurt what's going through your head what do you do like are you bedridden you're just chilling on crutches like what are? What happens next
1: so I was like chilling on crutches I was doing the Andrew thing for a while and um in this time I was like life is over I was like I don't like anything else like I never learned how to do anything else I'm not good at anything else so I was like what the fuck am I supposed to do now so my friend my best friend Darius like had this like little blue yeti mic yeah and he was like you should try to like make like youtube videos or like something just like pass the time by he's like you can borrow the mic if you want so i borrowed the mic and i'm just like trying to figure out what i like wanted to do with it and one of my other best friends had audacity on his mom's computer yeah and he was like hey man like if you want like i have audacity i heard like you're the only one that has a mic so like if you want to like come over to my house we can make like a mixtape or something like tomorrow after school and i was like Let's do it, bro. Like yeah. I don't got anything else to do.
0: Shouts to Audacity. I feel like without Audacity existing, nobody takes that first step. Dude,
1: I know. Like right? it was literally he just happened to have it on his mom's <laughs> right. computer.
0: It's always like the one person where they like learn to like do one thing.
1: Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, man, I heard you had a mic," and like for some <laughs> reason, no one else had any <laughs>
0: word on the street. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> what was the city that you lived in again? I Fort Knox, Kentucky. Fort Knox, Kentucky. They're like. Heard this is the only kid in Fort Knox with a blue mic. Well, bro, my
1: high school was like 297 people. Oh
0: fuck, you might have been the only. So kid I with was a mic.
1: literally the only, only person that had a mic there.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so you guys get together, Darius.
1: Uh, so Darius gave me the mic, and then my best oh. friend, my other best friend, and our we had like a, a really close friend group of like four kids. So the other kid in the group, Alec, had the Audacity on his computer, and he was like, "Hey man, bring it over after school tomorrow." And I was like, "I got you." So. My mom drives me over there.
0: Incredible.
1: And Jill Still on crutches and shit. Yep. Jill drops me off and she's like, all right, have fun. And I was like, what the fuck am I about to do right now? Like, yeah. am I really about to be a rap music? <laughs> I don't need, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, Crush, is this what rappers do? Hey am I really
0: do? about to be a rapper?
1: So yeah. So then we like sit down at his house and he's like, Hey man, you ever made a rap song before? And I was like, honestly, no. And like I don't know what what you mean by that. And he was like, all right. So he like puts on this like Kendrick Lamar type beat that he found on YouTube. And he's like, I'm a spiritual, lyrical, miracle, individual, miracle, miracle. And I was like, yo, this guy crazy. (laughs) And he's like, all right, man, it's your turn to spit a verse. And I was so like confused, but I started like giving it some thought. I was like, you know, like I could just try. If it's cringy, we don't have to put it anywhere. Like no one's going to know except me and Alec so like i like laid down this verse and like i played it back for him like and this is like unmixed and instantly you already like knew who was better oh, out of uh, the two of us like from that he was like why, why is this like not bad and i was like i don't know i just wrote that right now like i didn't think it was good and then like instantly in my head i was like after seeing his reaction to it i was like hmm interesting so a little bit of time goes on after we make that And he was like, you know, we should just make an EP, bro. That'd be really hard if we like dropped like a duo EP for, and like the whole school would know about it, man. Like that should be crazy. And I was like, yeah, that's really epic. We're gonna do that. So we went back to his house. At this point, I think I might have been off crutches. Um, A little bit of time had passed. So like, this is a little. This is. um, I'm trying to think of when in 2017 this might have been. Maybe like early, ish 2017.
0: That's not that long ago. Yo, no, no. That's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. So this is like early on um, and we make these four songs and then like I'm I'm just telling him I'm like, yo, I have this other song that like I was just working on at my house. Could I like just record it and like you could tell me what you think of it. So I recorded it and he was like, bro, honestly, like this is too good to like record on like a snowball mic. He's like, you should like go to like a recording studio and like just see what happens. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So, and that was Lil Shooter. It's a song that's still out on my SoundCloud today that really? has like 100k for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, so I go to the studio with Darius and our other friend and I was just so confused because this is like a month into making music and i was like all right now i guess i'm about to try to record in a studio now
0: what's the studio like was it legit
1: he was really really cool and it was like a nice studio it at the time like i i worked at a coffee shop at the time and i'd saved up for like that whole month ago because it was like 60 dollars an hour and i was like bro this is fucking expensive yeah <laughs> so um yeah so we went there and i recorded my like first couple like studio studio songs there and then dropped my first song technically Lil shooter i mean like i had songs before that that were just like us goofing around obviously Yeah. like the ep and stuff but my first i would consider my first like actual piece of work would be like that song and were i dropped you, that a month after
0: were you savage gas from day one
1: yeah i was always savage gas really yeah i uh i like didn't have the dollar sign and then had the dollar sign and then like had it as one word and i was, i like didn't really know but it was always like savage gas but I will say that at one point, we can talk about this later, there was definitely, like, uh, a, like, snap in my head that, like, that's, like, old, like, crappy Gasper and, like, this is Savage Gasper. Now, like, you're not the same person. You're not going to do the same shit anymore.
0: Okay, cool. But We're, that
1: came we, later on.
0: Okay, we definitely need to talk about that. I love that, and I love moments like that.
1: Yeah, and that really, like, clicked hard at a certain point. But, yeah, so the first song, Lil Shooter, it didn't do, like, super good, but... um.
0: And you just upload straight to SoundCloud?
1: Yeah, so I, I put it, and it out, and I remember, like, I'd bought the beat from Jin Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Because I had found out about him from, like, someone else through By SoundCloud. By this that
0: time, I f- you're probably in it enough where you're yeah. finding a couple of Well,
1: because, like, I'd been, like, it? following, like, people that I listened to, so I kind of, like, saw other people around them.
0: Yeah, you start reading who produces what and shit. Like, you can kind of start to put it together.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I hit up, or I went to his, um, maybe BeatStars or TrackTrain or something, and I bought the beat. So I sent it to him and he was like, man, this isn't even like that bad. He's like, if you like keep going with this, like, you know, you might actually be able to like do something. And I was like, thanks. So <laughs> hey, thanks. But so then I was like, well, do you want to like be on the song? And um, he was like, eh, I don't know. But he was like, you could like pay me for a feature. So at the time, my little brain was like, this is a really good idea, even though I don't know if it was. But. I probably paid him like 20 bucks or like 30 bucks for him to like rap on it. And which is like crazy now seeing like where we're at compared to them, the both of us. Shout out Chris. That's like crazy as fuck. But, um, yeah, so I paid him for it. And, uh, and then, uh, we put it out and within the first week it like did good for me at the time. Like everyone at my school knew about it. And then on top of it, it had like four or five K on SoundCloud, which for me, I was like, this is amazing. It's not
0: nothing, right? Like it's not a song that gets 30 plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it was cool to see any type of reaction to it. And at that moment I was like, maybe we should just goof around the rest of senior year, like put out some more songs and like see what happens.
0: And that's it. Okay. So that's <laughs> so that takes you through high school. So okay.
1: I should actually elaborate a little bit more. So as the goofing is occurring, so I'm starting to go to that studio more and I'm starting to see people in Louisville, because I was driving from Fort Knox to Louisville every day. Louisville. Wh- I like Louisville. you say it
0: properly, Louisville. which is, which
1: is like an hour away <laughs> from Fort Knox. So I was going every day and like at the studio and through people that I saw recording, I was starting to like meet people. Yeah. So I saw these dudes in Louisville that were like doing their thing. And I was like going to their shows like as a fan. And I was like, bro, I can't like just do nothing forever. Like how about if we're not doing anything already? Like we start like trying to get in with these people and like make friends And start to, like, establish myself a little bit more in that community. So I bought this Polaroid camera. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, they're not going to want to hear about my music because I'm a fucking scrub. So what we're going to do is act like we're a photographer. So then we can get in with them because everybody wants Polaroid pictures that look really fire. So I bought, like, cute anime film and stuff. And I was like, this is how I'm going to get in with them. Because no one's going to say no to getting their picture taken and it looks fire.
0: That's smart.
1: Yeah, that was like my first
0: like that's your first move. little
1: hustle. So yeah, so I started doing it and um, this is like March, April of high school. So it's like starting to come to the end of the year. And I was like going to Louisville every single day, every single day. And I was meeting like more and more and more people. And then there was this one dude in Louisville named Jack Harlow, who's like one of my favorite artists to this day, like my homie to this day. And he's like cra- like He's signed to, I think, Atlantic now. Oh, shit. super fire. Yeah, like he's super super talented he was the only kid i hadn't met so i pulled the gas let's go i don't
0: know should we even explain no no no, story itself will explain pulling a gas yeah yeah, the story
1: the story explain will invent will explain pulling a gas because it's literally like not doing anything you're you're just chilling with your bros and then other bros come and then you have a bro down together
0: it's circumstance blessing you it's the circumstance gods being like
1: i think it's more like Making sure you're working really hard, so you're in the right place at the right time.
0: Okay, yeah. Just keep explaining it. Yeah, but it's
1: it is. Definitely I would yeah. I would say it gas. definitely has to do with hard work too. Yeah, so. yeah you're right. I don't
0: want to. Dis- I don't want to discredit that. I think that it's almost just become a meme of itself because now you can be like, oh, cool, this crazy things happening. Oh, of course, Gasper is involved. Like, a, <laughs> like right? Like it's and it's not just luck, luck because you are good at it, and I'm sure the story will explain that. But it's almost become comical how good at that you've become. now. <laughs> so,
1: so, yeah, so I'm going to this party with these girls right in Louisville <laughs> and I'm like telling this girl on the way, yo, I haven't met Jack Harlow. Like I'm such a big fan of this kid He's so far, but like I can't get in contact with him and try to DM him and like whatever. So she's like, oh, don't worry, like you'll meet him one day or whatever. So we're rolling up to this party. Right. And I knock on the door. And who do you think answers the door? I think it's Jack Harlow.
0: Jack Harlow. So he
1: comes out and he's wearing a Kenny Chesney shirt and I'm wearing a Brad Paisley shirt. Stop. I swear to God. And he's like, bro, that's a fire shirt. And I was like, you got a fire shirt. See, What's but up? that,
0: that little Gasperism, right? Like, if you weren't in touch with, like, fashion in that moment, you probably would have been wearing that shirt. But still, like, moments like that and things like that happening.
1: Yeah, and he, um. so then we just, like, talked and he ended up being, like, just a great dude. Like, he was super, like, genuine and nice. And even though at the time, like, he was, like, in a much, like, higher place, I guess, than I was. He was, like, very open to, like, just, like, talking about whatever so I didn't really tell him about music until we were leaving. I was like, I didn't even try to plug myself. I just said, hey, man, I'm a really big fan of your music, whatever. And he was like, oh, do you make music, too? And I was like, yeah, like I have this like one or two songs out like if you feel like listening to it. And he was like, yeah, man, just DM it to me, whatever. Like, I'll get to it. I'm sure it's cool. So, of course, I like get in the car and instantly DM him. And I'm like, yeah, like he's so cool. Like, I didn't know he was going to be such a nice guy. Yeah. And I didn't really expect anything. To come out of it so then like four days goes by and he dm me back yeah and he's like bro this shit is fire he's like Th- like this is really crazy like i didn't even know that you were doing it like this like i expected it to be bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i was like yeah man like i just be doing my best and then um we ended up talking like a lot more and like hanging out a couple times and he really like gave me some of the first like really really good advice that I've like ever got just like helping me with little things here and there and just kind of like guiding me as a person that was a lot more experienced than me. And he was the one that was like, dude, you got to get out of here. Like you can't stay here and work at the coffee shop forever. Like you got to go to New York or LA. And he's like, which one do you want to go to? And I was like, I mean, I think I want to go to New York. So that kind of like I really took his advice seriously because it was someone that I looked up to so much and I was like, all right, well, I guess we got to figure out how to get to New York. Damn. How was it? Graduated and then the next day I left Kentucky?
0: Holy shit. And don't your parents live in Arizona now?
1: Yeah, they retired and moved to Arizona.
0: Okay. But they were living in Kentucky at that time? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were. They um did they, they support you leaving? Nah really because they're mad chill now oh jill and are amazing people very yeah. supportive
1: at the time my dad was like nah i don't want you to like live on someone's couch and like be homeless and my mom was like just scared that like it wasn't going to be anything because mm-hmm. she was always really really supportive but when no one else was yeah but she kind of was like hesitant a little bit because she was like i just don't want you to like go out there and then just like you're screwed makes sense so,
0: and Because another part of it, so you're 18, you just graduate, right?
1: Yeah, I think I'd like just turned 18.
0: And you obviously end up going. Where did you go?
1: So first
0: I moved to Maine. Okay
1: yeah so in maine that there was just like that was the only place where i knew someone
0: i was gonna say why maine of all places so
1: it was the only place where i knew anybody and i like looked it up in advance and i was like it's only six hours from new york i'll save up and buy a car (laughs) so so i saved up and i bought this old shitty bmw and what kind uh it was like a 1996 like drop top three series
0: incredible it was like the white one do you remember that A 96, was it an E36 or an E46?
1: Honestly, I don't know anything about cars. I literally, like, saw it on the lot in New Hampshire and like, this old guy's house. And I was like, hey, man, how much for the car? And he was like, $2,200. And I was like, does it run? And he was like, kind of. And I was like, sounds like a deal to me.
0: Oh, my God. So I
1: buy this car, right? And I'm working in Maine at the time. And, like, I had... Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So every Thursday night, I was driving six hours after I got off work at like three or four and going to New York, finding whoever I could possibly stay with. And like, I would literally like look on like social media, like what's going on this weekend? Like who's here? What do I need to do to like make sure that like we like accomplish some work or record a song or something this weekend?
0: So you were actually pretty fucking serious about it the whole time. Like it was never not a joke but like it was never a hobby like this whole time ever since you had that spark you were in it's like
1: it's hard for me to like do something half-assed yeah that's like never been me so like when i like find something that i'm like passionate about even if i don't realize that i'm like going hard at it or i'm like trying like subconsciously i'm like pushing myself to do those things anyways
0: That's sick. Yeah, because, and you were saying that kind of from soccer, right? Like, you just have... Oh, yeah,
1: it was just the same thing. Like, I'd, like, wake up in the morning and, like, go to the field with my little brother every day in the summertime. Like, instead of, like, going to, like, play or, like, do whatever, yeah, it was always, like, dude, we got to, like, go practice. So then, like, this year I could, like, be even better than last year. Yeah. And I didn't really, like, Real, I thought I was just playing soccer, but I think... I really wanted to like be something in that.
0: Yeah. Like there's just something there. Like it's when you explain it, it's so natural. But as I'm thinking about it, thinking about that life, like after the first or second trip of doing that, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm chilling in Maine or, you know, you could have that attitude. Yeah. Well,
1: I was just like,
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: Something like this is around that time where that thing clicked in my head. So okay. what happened is like, this is September 2017 now. Yeah. So I'm still like fairly early on. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because really, I feel like it's 2019. So really everything happened last year oh, and this years, year. Yeah. But um, so I'd say it's still pretty early on. So I'm like making those like my style was like not what I wanted it to be. That was like my big thing. Like I was like doing this like weird auto tune thing. And for me, it didn't work. Like I felt like I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. And like I was like looking up to all these people and trying to like emulate them. But like, that's not how you make good music. So I was like, OK, something needs to change. So I'm going to the studio in Long Island with one of my friends and I'm thinking about this beat that I have and that I sang over, like doing the autotune singing. And I was like, I just don't think this is going to work. And he was like, why don't you just try to rap it? And I was like, I've never really like seriously made a rap song before, like where I'm rapping without autotune. He's like, just try. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So I got in there and like I just like started like rapping the song and it like literally came so naturally. It was like I wasn't trying to force it anymore. I wasn't trying to like be something else. Like it was literally it felt like that's what I should have been doing the whole time. It was that moment. And that was my song, The Devil Wars Balenciaga, which is still out. And that was my first song that like did well on SoundCloud.
0: So not only did it feel right to you, then it connected It felt right to everybody else, I think. Cause Fuck.
1: finally it was that thing that was like this is probably what you should do right now.
0: Fuck. Yeah. And that was the start of like your kind of style or influence, or like you know, just like what you actually sound. That like.
1: was at least the first step because I think that that was like a little bit different because, like, stylistically, I like to change it up a lot. But yeah. I think there's like still like you know, it's gas. Yeah. It no feels matter what.
0: Like you, like there's just something about the way that you deliver everything. Because uh,
1: at that time, I was like the the songs were like a little more like rap heavy. And then, like, I went through a phase after that where I was making, like, Feeling Gucci, Steven Universe, like, Moshi Moshi and Flaming Hot Cheetahs, which are the two more poppin' songs that came out of that era. And those were really, like, cute and, like, I don't know. It's, like, that bubbly, like...
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know how to really explain it. It
0: it feels like your goofy self translated onto a track. Exactly. There's this confidence. There's a flow. But it's also, like, yeah, it's Gasper and he's just goofing around. Doesn't give a fuck.
1: And that was, like... I didn't really know at the time what I was doing because at that. So this is around the time that like I was about to discover everyone that I know to this day. But at this okay, point, I yeah. literally don't know anything yes. about anything. So I um so I put out this song called Feeling Gucci and I found this Melty Cannon beat because I remember he had produced a song for Father uh, Heartthrob. Yeah. And I just love that song. So I was like, I want to make a song that, like, is on a Melty Cannon beat because he's so far. Like, whatever. Yeah. So I go and I bought the beat from Melty Cannon. And I put out the song called Feeling Gucci. And that was really, like, my first song that was, like, the other side of Gas. So there was, like, the rapping side. But then there was also this, like, goofy, like, fun thing going on. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, like, maybe at some point these things will, like, mix. But maybe not right now. Yeah. So I put out this song. And within the first day, this kid from Atlanta hits me up named Keyshore <laughs> and he's just like bro like I know you don't know who I am but he's like I saw your song Feeling Gucci on SoundCloud and he's like it's so fire I feel like no one else is making music like us that's like cute like bubbly rap and he was like I want to call it like pretty boy music and he's like if you want to be a part of that like I could send you like an open and we could start working on music. So I like check him out and I start listening to his music. And I was like, bro, this kid is so talented. Like, I can't believe no one knows. I was like, bro, I feel like no one knows about us. But like once they do, like shit could get really crazy. And he's like, yeah, man, I know. So he sends me the open for the song called Killjoy. And that same day I sent him back Flaming Hot Cheetos.
0: You guys did those tracks together? In the same
1: day. Oh, my God. So a month goes by and we dropped both of them. And this is, like, the first taste of, like, actual success that I ever, like, saw. So Nate already had, like, a good following on Instagram at that point. Yep. So he drops Killjoy first earlier in the day. And instantly, like, it's doing good on, like, he's making, like, edits to it. And it's, like, doing good. And he's like, dude, look, everyone loves our song. So I'm like, I'm going to – this is another big gasp. So I wrote the song about Claro because she was, like, one of my favorite artists. She still is one of my favorite artists. Like, I just thought that she was just, like amazing like I was like I love you so I write the song for her and I'm thinking I see that the other songs do again and I'm like I wonder like how we could get Claro to say something about it so then like it'll do better so it starts going through my head I was like dude what if we like get all of your fans to like I don't know like at her or something so then maybe she'll see it and Nate's like, well, that, that song This Is America was popping at the time. So he's like, how about we do something else where like I make a meme of that song because all those videos are trending. And but we do it with Flaming Hot Cheetos in the background. So I was like, OK, so let's do both of those ideas and let's put it on the back of Killjoy already doing really good today. So that night he made the meme to This Is America. And I made a, a video of me like dancing in front of my computer that looked like Pretty Girl by Claro, like type vibe. and. He was like, all right, comment on it so she sees it. So we wake up and the, the edit that Nate made has like 200,000 views on Instagram. And Claro had responded and the post had like 4,000 comments on it. And she had like, she'd literally like commented back to it. And everyone freaked the fuck out. And within that day, those songs were already doing better than everything else that had come before it. Holy shit. Yeah. And that was the beginning of me and Keyshore being like, bro, let's like take over. Like, let's, let's like do something. Let's do more stuff together.
0: You know what I think is so important about this? And I'm so glad too that um, Loverboy is here. Is like, there is what feels like something casual happening to anybody that doesn't pay attention. It feels like, oh, cool. Yeah. That meme went viral. Must be nice. Whatever. But it's not. There's more to it. And it's caring about your actual music and coming up with a way that's not traditional to get it noticed. And that was very intentional. Oh, yeah. And you executed that. And, like, again, I feel like we were just talking about that. Like, that's important. And that's not just like an, oh, by the way, like, that that comes from being smart and planning shit. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as you guys. Because I want to hear about you guys meeting too. But I don't know. I just... I had to sidebar that first.
1: Yeah, second. so well, that's like coming up soon. So Looking good around this time. So that that ends up that doing happens.
0: Well. Is there anything else that happens from her commenting?
1: Uh, it just like brought attention to it, basically, and then the meme like went even more viral than that, and like brought it more. Atten- so I, I was just saying, it was like, inspired, it was a big right? moment for that, yeah. and also for me, it was like I felt like I had reached someone that I like really looked up to so much, and like an artist that I loved. So I was like, okay, you know. Maybe I'm doing something right, and I should like keep keep pushing on this, and just like keep thinking of ways that I can like kind of think outside the box a little bit to get stuff out there. Yeah, because I know not everything is gonna work, and I've learned that many times. But when it does, yeah, you just gotta like capitalize off that. So now we're getting to like where I'm about to meet everybody. Let's go. So Nate. And I haven't met in person at that point. So we made Killjoy and Flaming Hot Cheetos over the internet.
0: That's right. Yeah. Because he's in Atlanta, right? Exactly. He was yeah. still in
1: Atlanta. So him, Kevin Cozzi, and Tommy Ice oh, are shit. about to come to New York. And I know you've heard the story from the other side.
0: Yes. And it's on the podcast, too. Which yeah. Is no, so I sick. heard it. It's cool to come. So,
1: yeah. The three of them are about to come to New York. And I had this friend named Heavy, who's like now one of my best friends. And he had this like really cool collective, like an artist collective in, um, it was in Manhattan. And it was like four floors and like everybody could stay there if they wanted to. Like I always like had friends over. So Nate, Tommy and Kevin, I think just probably needed a place to stay or wanted to hang out. So I'd been friends with Kevin Kazi for like a year and a half before that. because I was just a fan you. of him, yeah. 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 So Kevin was like, yo, you want to hang out? He's like, I'm with Keyshore. And I was like, bro, I love Keyshore. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. So. We meet that day and instantly and like I'd already been friends with Kevin, like I said, and like uh, I'd been friends a little bit with Castor with Tommy Ice before. And like I'd love them. And but when me and Nate met, it was like it's like my long lost brother that like <laughs> like I really, really like felt like I just found like my best friend.
0: There's a very specific energy about both of you where like there's just this fun light excitement. I don't know. Yeah there's just an energy.
1: I don't know what it is. But like, I literally was like, I've known you my whole life, dog. Like, yeah, this is crazy. So Nate, I didn't really like know what his situation was. But I knew that he didn't want to go home. So oh. he was like, Hey, man, I don't really like want to go back to Atlanta. He was just talking about it casually. He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna like stay here and try to find someone to stay with. And I was like, well, I live in Maine, but we're close to New York and I come every week. So if you want to just live with me from now on, you can. And he was like, really? Just like casually? And I was like, yeah, I have a show in Kentucky in a couple of days, but you have to come with me. If you And if you want to come with me, you can come home and like we'll live together from now on. And he was like, all right, man, sounds good. So I, we said bye to Tommy and Kevin and we packed it up, went to Kentucky the next day together, barely knowing each other. It was, like, amazing. We played a show there that was, like, oddly lit for how small we were. <laughs> All, and it was great. Like, a ton of my friends came, like, a ton of, it, it was just, like, I didn't expect it. So, yeah. So, then I was, like, bro, like, I think that me and keyshore like, need to, like, be together 24-7 right now. And that would be, like, a good move for the boys just because, like, I feel like we think a lot about things in the same way. And I feel like I would never really met anyone else that was like that at that point. So... We go back to Kittery, Maine.
0: Beautiful Kittery, Maine. Oh, it's my favorite place. <laughs>
1: of course. <laughs> who, who doesn't love Kittery, Maine? I
0: visit every three months if I could.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's actually really nice there. Okay. <laughs> so we go back and like, um, and then Nate starts working on his first album ever, The Pretty okay. Boys Ape.
0: Okay, because this actually explains some questions for me too, because in my head, or at least when we talked, I thought you guys instantly moved to New York, but no, you were in Maine. To no, we there. were
1: in Maine Got for it. the whole time.
0: Oh, whoa. Okay.
1: So we went back and forth every single weekend and sometimes I'd have days off. So like we were there for so long. Sometimes it looked like we lived there, but we were just like really trekking it back and forth the whole time. Yeah. So we go home. Nate starts working on this this tape or album at the time, the Pretty Boy tape. And yeah. like at this time, it's like we're working together and we're making like all these songs that are now like songs that like everyone knows from us. And then... I make this song in that time called Moshi
0: Moshi. That's when that happened. So
1: this is like around that time. So I drop Moshi Mo or I drop Moshi Moshi like when we get back. So it's like early summer time, and the song is like it's doing its thing, like it's whatever. And then I remember Internet Hippie and I had talked about like getting a video for the song on like a platform. So he was like, all I can do is send it to them. Like, I'm not guaranteeing that anybody's going to say yes. And then everybody said no that we asked. So it was like From we had Moshi Moshi. Yeah. Every single person that we hit up said no. So I was kind of bummed about that. So I was getting ready to just drop it and make a YouTube channel. And then one day randomly, we were recording at our friend's house and um, Elevator, the channel DM'd me on Twitter and was like, yo, I changed my mind about Moshi Moshi. Like, let's run it like right now and I was like when do you want to drop it and he was like in like 20 minutes so I was like oh my god okay so I sent him everything that they need for the video and Moshi Moshi premiered that day on elevator and that was really the first big thing besides Flaming Hot Cheetos that started to like shift the tide towards like yeah being a more serious artist like actually
0: I felt that because for me I saw that from afar like before you and I really knew each other I saw that happen and I was like oh fuck that's cool
1: and that was that video was shot by Patrick CC, who was I also it? just met at that time. Yeah, Patrick shot that and edited it.
0: So, OK, so that time, that was a really magical time, like you and Keyshore getting out like to that side, making that shit, all the songs you made, the videos you shot like that was special.
1: That was almost the most important time besides right now. I would say that and right now are the two most important points in my entire life. Yeah, to what I w- I knew I like wanted to do as like a career. Yeah, because like as this stuff is starting to happen in my head, like it had already clicked before, but now I'm like, all you can do now is go hard, or it's not gonna work. And so, you
0: felt that then. You felt that with I the knew because connection. once I got
1: like a taste of it from Flaming Hot Cheetos and Moshi Moshi being the first two songs that really did well, yeah. like surpassed my expectations by a lot. I was like, I like this feeling, and. I'm going to obviously like make whatever I want, but also I need to start thinking now about what I'm making. And I need to start like thinking about like how I'm going to like grow and take this a little bit more seriously as an artist now, because it's not just me like goofing around anymore completely.
0: It's really cool to hear that because I feel like you have the very light demeanor of like, Oh cool. This is all super fun and all that. But like there's that side of you that grew up playing sports and like giving it a hundred that's really been there the whole time and when you got that taste of a win you were just like in
1: it was just like in sports it's like when you win it I don't know that was like the best part of it for me it was just like scoring goals and to me like dropping those songs was like I just scored two really really important goals and I was like how do I make it so instead of scoring every once in a while I could score every single game damn and that's kind of like how I started thinking about it after that so at this time, we just out Moshi Moshi and I started now getting to know like the boys that I'm friends with now a little bit more. So I met Patrick CC and Convolk first. Okay. And they were like two of my first friends that I met in New York. Yep. And then my favorite artist of all time who I'd <laughs> hit up before and who like I talked to a little bit on the internet as a fan, but never really as like a boy Um, hits me up and he's like, Hey man, I'm with Internet Hippie right now. Like I'm in New York. And I was like, Oh no, no, he's not. Like this this is like this isn't real. And then um Internet Hippie FaceTimes me and like Shinigami like answers the phone. And it was him and FM and he was like, Hey bro, like we're in New York, like let's hang out. So I'm going back to Brooklyn to get my stuff from my friend's house to take the to take my car back. to maine because i've worked the next day at like 4 a.m yeah and it's like 5 p.m and i'm gonna get home at like whatever like crazy hours so i jump out of the uber just tell him to stop i'm like i canceled it i was like i'm jumping out and i get on the subway and go back to manhattan and meet gianni and fm that day
0: yes and
1: instantly when i met gianni and fm it was like two more people that i was like these people are like super genuine like they're obviously Shinigami was like my favorite artist and I was like this is who I need to be around like these guys like know what they're doing so instantly I feel like we hit it off
0: yeah what what, like what month year is that
1: this is like early summer of last year maybe late spring
0: whoa okay cool not that long ago
1: yeah me and Gianni got close really fast last summer I think because just like it was like me and Keyshore meeting them that one day and then like Instantly, like I just love Gianni as like a person because I really didn't know him as a person before that. I knew I was like a fan because I knew yeah. about Luna. Yeah. And I was just like listening to his music. But once I met him, I was like, this is just like a good dude. Dude, he's just he's a just boy. a bro. Yeah. So then it was like every week I was like, Hey man, what are you doing? And he was like, Nothing, what are you doing? And I was like, You want to go to New York and chill at Heavy's house?
0: Oh my god. I remember that from afar. Cause that I think that's right around the time that him and I started working together. And like, I remember hearing about you and like, it was kind of starting to come up and I'd see you around and I didn't know who you were, but that's kind of like where you started to get on my radar a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, cause Mitch and Mitch had, had found me like in 2017, way before that. Yeah. And I, and Mitch was always like really cool about like trying to tell people about me and stuff. Yeah, But at first it you was kind of like, it
0: was probably Mitch. It was probably Mitch that showed me you at first. And then it was the second nudge of being yeah a m- mitch
1: yeah. was really going hard for the boy but at that time no one saw my face like and i wasn't like i was in kentucky yep. mitch found me when i lived in kentucky wow s- in high school like wow. mitch was in college and
0: i was in high school mitch could me. be an anr like not really so early on like shoot. he was really
1: the first song i dropped mitch dm me about and Damn. all they had out was 4am and all i had out was little shoot
0: i did find you through mitch because you were going to be on the first version 3 mixtape
1: yeah and i fucked yeah that yeah up. yeah you did yeah and then you didn't get back to me
0: <laughs> fuck i dropped it on an internet hippie mixed that's right and i was like i fucked up this song was fire yeah i remember i sent it to you dude sorry formally sorry nah i fully fucked up there all of and i thought you were gonna hate me for that i was like dude nah. i big time this kid i was so excited to put it out that's so funny
1: yeah no nah. i never like hold grudges against anyone and then like once we met obviously we became boys so it was fine But I was a little disappointed at the time, but I wasn't like salty about it because I was excited to be a part of that.
0: Dude, I I can't believe that because I legit like I was like, this kid's too cool for me. Like, he's not going to want to put it out on a V3 tape. And I like I almost couldn't believe you said yes. And then I don't know what happened. I think I got caught up in some tour thing and I fully like that tape did not come out for way too long. And I missed like you, you put it out on that other thing. And I was like, I missed it. He's blowing up too soon. He's going to hate me. So that's so <laughs> funny to hear your side of it. I can't believe you were bummed. I'm sorry.
1: Nah, it's all good. That tape was fire either way. There's like, cause you had Gianni on that. You had Family Pet on that. I'm yeah. trying to remember who else was on it.
0: Mark was Morgan on it. Morgan was three. on it.
1: Mor- yeah. Morgan was a Morgan feature was on Gianni on. song on yeah. it. Yeah. And that's really when I first found out about him was through that. Fuck. Was through it. Well, cause that song also came out on I Will Never Be a Memory. Yeah. But um yeah, that's like a whole nother thing. My first interaction with Morgan was like me really early on, like DMing him for a feature and him being like eighty bucks and I was like, nah, it's too expensive, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like met later on, and I like brought it up to him, and he's like, "Wait, that was you,
0: dude?" Th- I, I, dude, and literally now he's like, "Oh, close homie, man." Like, I love Morgan. It's so funny talking about like all of our first interactions because we're all just internet kids, right? Like, all of us just find each other, whatever. But those first internet interactions were like, maybe you're having a bad day, maybe you're scrolling fast or whatever, and you don't fully realize it, and then you yeah. become friends later, and you're like, "And oh, then I'm you're just like, so sorry. Uh,
1: yeah, that was literally me to everybody. I was like, bro, holy so, shit." back to um to all that though so this is like the most important time at this point let's go so me and Gianni start getting really close and we uh, so he comes over to Brooklyn one day to my friend Noble's house and I was like hey man do you want to make a song and at that point I don't think he really wanted to but he was like I'll rap on it as like a joke like I have this thing called Lil Shadow yeah and he was like Can you play it for me? And he's like, maybe I could rap on it. So I played him like two songs and he was like, nah, like this isn't good. So I was like, okay, like, we'll we'll just wait because at that point I like enjoyed being around him so much. I didn't even really care if we were ever going to make music anymore or not. Yeah, he was still my favorite artist, but I really like had like a different level of respect for him. So I was like, okay, but then I play this beat to the song that became King of the Pumpkin Patch, which is my third song that actually ended up doing really well. And he was like, yeah, let me throw a verse on the end of this. So we made it that night and put out this video of the two of us dancing with like key blades to it. And I remember posting that and him commenting on it or maybe posting it on his story or something. Um, and after that, everybody was like, who is that kid? Like he he like likes Kingdom Hearts like Shinigami, but he's not. And yeah. He, like, what does he do? Like, why yeah. is he around all of them? So after this time, I, I'm like, back on my grind like working on music again and I make this song called Strawberry Aura um oh shit and I knew of this kid that I was like a really big fan of and he I didn't think he really did features like that so one day he posts he's like hey I'm doing features right now like $150 something and I was like hey man I don't have $150 but like I'd love to like send you the song and you could get on it and uh I sent it to him he was like yeah send it And I sent it and he was like, all right, man, like here, I did the verse. It's back. And that was like my first interaction with Ninetales ever. Oh, shit. And then um, we started like playing World of Warcraft together and we started like talking on Discord every day. And he was really like such a genuine, like nice ass person. Like he always like gave me advice because he saw that I was like trying to get to where he was at the time. Yeah. And he was really like my first like long distance friend that I had because he lived in Canada Mm-hmm. and like I, at the time I lived in Maine but we talked like every day like we were getting so 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 close and then two weeks later he's like yo I really love that song and like all my fans love it so like we should do another one and I was like okay what do you want to do and he's like I'll get you on one of my songs now and I was like wow this is awesome like I love your music it's fire so he sends me the open to New York and he was like bro you gotta hop on this so I remember being so fucking excited that he was, like, even considering it. Yeah. And um, I was so nervous about doing the verse. Like, it was so bad. Kishore made me redo it, like, ten times. Wow. And I was up all night. I had to go to work the next day. And I was literally in our house writing and, like, pacing around nervously around the house. And I was like, bro, he's not going to fucking like it. Like, what am I going to do? And then, like, I say this line. I was like, now I'm in the six, dog, cream, soda, fey, go. And Nate, like, opens my door and he's like, that's it. He's like, that's it that's a verse do that and he's like let me hear the rest of it so I played it for him and then I played him the other verses that I did and he was like all right so the the six dogs line and he's like take this and take this and he's like cut them all into one verse like all like 10 verses and yeah. then I like said the final verse and he was like bro like this is what you need to send back and I sent it back to Miles and he was like dog I love this this shit is fire damn he put it out
0: shouts to Nate that's cool that's cool it Nate like really that, cared yeah
1: and like wanted it to be cool So two weeks from that go by and we're all in New York. Well, I think it was like me, Gianni, Scuff, Keyshore, Convolk. This is like, um, I don't know, when was that, June maybe? Or May? I think it was June. June, so yeah, so June, we're all in New York. And um, Convolk's like, yo, do you wanna come with me to pick up Ninetales and Garden from the bus station? And I had always known about Garden. And I was, like, a really big fan of him, but I had never met him before. So I was like, yeah, man, of course. Like, that's fire. Yeah. So I finally got to meet them in person. Like, Ninetales and me instantly connected. Nick at the time was really shy. And I was like, damn, bro, I hope he doesn't fucking hate me. But I really didn't know his story. Right. So... He's, like, come out of that shell so much now and is just, like, so confident. Like, I'm super fucking proud of Nick. Like, if you see this, like, I love you, man. Yeah, we all
0: love him. Yeah. Like, he's become so much family and I think that he was so shy and, like, not even that he was ever outside of it, but he was literally just in upstate New York. Yeah, he was just
1: outside of it, literally.
0: Yeah. Like, in upstate New York. And I feel like I remember on the first version three tour when he got to Cleveland we like gave him like this big old hug and like i knew that he was like nervous about it yeah it was just instant family and i feel like ever since then it's just been like but literally going. yeah so
1: so then we meet that day and um we're just like chilling in heavy's house all of us and i think Convok was like i want to shoot a video for um for the song that i just dropped it's called whatever it takes and i I don't know, like Jack can give insight on this, but I don't know if we didn't know if he didn't know what to do for it or if he didn't know what the idea was. But then like somehow it came to the conclusion that we were going to do a one take video. And it was like all it was like Nine Tails Garden Convulk in the front. And then me, Gianni and Scuff kind of and Nate just chilling in the back. Yeah. And like I'm just like watching this video like unfold. And I was like, dude, like I don't think that they really like fuck with me like that. I'm going to just stay out of it. So Nine tails like, and you could even see this in the video, like comes up to me and Miles is like, Bro, he's like, I want you to like get in the video for my part. And I was like, No, like I'm not getting in it. I'm gonna look crazy. And he's like, Get in it. <laughs> so I was like, Okay. So you could see me. I like set my drink down, and I'm like awkwardly like walking over to the rest of you them. like,
0: Boogie on him. And
1: I was like so uncomfortable, but you could see in the video like it was it was like love energy, like just like bringing me in and like making me feel not awkward. Because I at that point I didn't even want to like be on camera. Like I was so scared Damn. of people. Like and seeing you shot me. it, right,
0: Jack? Yeah, yeah Jack shot it. Did you like watch this interaction? Like, were you did you know everybody? I didn't notice, I didn't notice that. Okay. But you like well like so like you did you know the dynamic of everybody knowing each other or like did you know that that would be such a special video or were you like oh dude at that like, point there was no it. way we
1: knew that or did you assume well that day was just super crazy i was just trying to keep up the whole time um but like yeah you could i mean you could tell it's not it's not your average dynamic with like artists hanging out like
0: that's so sick yeah, it was Okay, so you were, you were chilling that day. Yeah. That happens.
1: So then uh, I'm trying to think if this was the same day or the next day. When did we shoot in New York? That day? The next. Oh, the next day. The day. Yeah, because you guys had to go home. Oh, okay. So we shoot that and then like I'm awkward as fuck, but it ends up just being like a really good bro moment. And like we all get closer off that. But really like that was like, unknowingly me like establishing myself as like a member of that community because it was like a facial recognition, not like an, cause from that people were like, who the fuck is this kid? Like right. he's everywhere. Like he's right. with all these people. So then they found my music from like looking up who I was from that. And that really like was the next step. And then I remember the next day we woke up, everybody had to go home. Like Nick was going back to upstate and uh miles had to go back to Toronto And Miles wanted to shoot a video and I wanted to shoot a video and he was like, yo, instead of like whatever we were going to do, let's just like shoot the video for New York. And Jack was like, I have 20 minutes before I have to go. Can we like do it? And uh, we like walked out onto like the street corner that we could find, like literally anywhere that we could find, shot the whole video in like 20, 30 minutes, ran back to Heavy's house and like put it out two weeks later Holy and then God. that like became the New York video which I think now is just like it's like history to me because it was like such a different time in my life but like such a fire time yeah and like I still watch it all the time because it's just like, it's like a, a good special. moment with my boy yeah yeah. yeah yeah and that and the whatever it takes video were just like moments that like I don't know I feel like just changed a lot because it really like cemented this community thing yeah and like it was like a group of friends and not just a bunch of artists who existed on the internet
0: i think that's so important and it's like i remember you coming on i guess we're fast forwarding a little bit but not really but like you coming on first version three tour it was like i felt that energy from you where you were like so genuinely hyped to be a part of the group and you had this very humble like you were just happy to be there like you could tell that it was internet coming to life and <laughs> your energy, like there was a part of you so humble, so happy to be there, so quiet, but then in the right moments, like you were <laughs> thriving with the lads, like wiling out on stage and like you just, we were talking about it. Like it just, it didn't feel right without you. Right. Cause you were only able to do the first three yeah, shows. Three.
1: It was like, I knew I was supposed to be there.
0: Dude. And it, we felt it everybody yeah. felt it so that's crazy because that was so you're talking about like summer like early summer this is
1: like early summer so if you want we can fast forward to october
0: which is when which is oh, like this is important. october 1st yeah
1: because this is when you asked me and this is also like a really important day
0: pumpkin scream in time yeah okay so you meet them it's pretty fresh video happens fast forward to october you come out to la yeah, and I'll tell I'll tell my part of it. okay. And then you come into yours. Okay. All right. So I knew who you were by this time. And I was like, again, I thought you were gonna be like too cool for me because you had already, like you had that video come out on elevator. I missed putting you on that mixtape. And I was like, this kid's going to think I'm a dick. (laughs) So I hear you're coming to the house. And I'm like, thank God. Like, I wanted to, like, talk to you and be like, dude, I'm a huge fan. Like, I'm so stoked. Whatever. So you come and it's like this mutual thing of us being like, yo, good to meet you. (laughs) And, like, instantly, like, the second we say what up, I'm like, oh, there's no bad blood at all. We're good. And... You would come like – I mean I think it was like a crazy trip for you to get here. It felt like a whirlwind and you were only here for that night I want to say.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: So I'm in my room building furniture. We had just moved in and I'm putting together October – yeah, the where all my friends' tour was December. So I'm putting the tour together and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Would you want to do the first couple dates? And instantly you were just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, there wasn't any thought. You were just like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, oh, sick. Fuck yeah. (laughs) So that was done. Then you're like, I'm going to go upstairs and make a beat with Mark. (laughs) Yeah. I'm building furniture. Who I didn't know at the time. Mark being 93 feet We didn't know each other. That's crazy. But you knew his music. You had to have known his music. I was a fan. Okay. Like, okay. So can can I tell my friend now? Okay. Go, go, go. So
1: I was going to hang out with two other homies in Calabasas that day. And I'm driving from Santa Clarita to there. And we're like about to be in L.A. And this kid is like, yo, I'm sick. I have to cancel on you. So I'm just like, bro, what? So the night or maybe the night or two nights before, me and Charlie, me and had had a show together and Mark didn't come to that show, but we had talked a little bit about like just meeting each other because I was just a fan of him, but he had found out from me about me through either Mitch or Gianni or something. So he was like, yeah, man, like you're welcome to come over to the house anytime. So... I was like, okay, so I hit him up and I'm like, would it be okay if we still hang out? And he was like, yeah, man, I'm not doing anything like come over. So I was like mad nervous because I I didn't even know him. And I was like, damn, what if this fool doesn't like me? Like, this is crazy. So I get to the house and instantly like me and Mark are like getting along well. But he's like, do you want to like play some beats? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So we're listening to all these beats up in his room. And like, I didn't really like any of them, to be honest. And then he's like. I have this beat it's called lindsey lohan it's really crazy man he's like but no one wants to use it like they all think it sucks so i was like well let me just hear it because i like weird stuff so he plays the beat and like it's the pumpkin scream beat and in like that second i was like yeah we're gonna do this one like this is lit and he was like oh oh damn i I didn't think you would like this and i was like yeah this is insane so we go and get to yep very important part of it the is story. important so we go and get to kata's and i remember my friend brandon was here who's like one of my best friends from high school and he really he just said something like so casual he was like i was like dancing or something with the beers in my hand and he's like oh okay guess you're doing it on your own shit right now something like that and i was like what did you just say and he's like oh you're doing it on your own shit and i was just like i just had to do it on my own shit and then I like, I was like, yo, is that fire? And he's like, yeah, he's like, and then I was like, okay, I just had to do it. So I'm like writing the song like out in the open. Like I'm barely even like writing it down. I'm just like getting it out. And he's like, all right, like they're all like start writing it down. So I'm like writing it, I'm writing it. And then I was like, I can't think of a hook idea. And someone was just like, I mean, it's October. And I was just like, yeah, one well, I'm finna glow October. Like just like that. And Mark was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty good. All right, write that down. So I go into the closet and I'm like, for, I'm like trying to rap it at first, but I like can't get like the voice right for yeah. it because the it, like my range that I was using at the time, like didn't make sense with the beat.
0: It's a super heavy, dirty kind of
1: have I never made anything like that. Never yeah. listened to that kind of music. So I was like, what am I going to do? Because I'm like rapping it. So I was like, okay. Let me just, like, try something. So then I I start, like, doing, like, the pumpkin scream. Now, like, the pumpkin scream voice. And everyone's like, yeah. Like, Mark's like, let me just turn the gain up. And, like, this is actually, like, fire. So I record the whole thing. And then he plays it back to me. And I was just like, I didn't think, any, think twice of it. I was like, okay, this is fire. Cool. Yep. I'll drop it, maybe.
0: So I'm jumping in here for.
1: Okay, okay. Because so the story gets better.
0: <laughs> I come up around that time where I hear the beat. And like I was at this point pretty accustomed to hearing Mark make beats and things like that. And I love listening to him just mess around. But I hear a beat that's different. I'm like building furniture, whatever. I hear the beat and I was like, they're cooking. (laughs) I was like, I could tell that Gasper being in the room with him was something different. I was like, let's let's see what this shenanigans is all about. So I go upstairs and this is like kind of when you're playing it back. And it was the most casual, like, I mean, it had been not an hour and it was done. And we're sitting down drinking Tecates and it's everybody's kind of just got this vibe where it's like, shit, that's cool, huh?
1: (laughs) So go. (laughs) So so I have to leave LA that night. I went to go catch my flight later after we had all hung out. So go back to LA or to New York the next day because I didn't have work. I think I had like taken the week off maybe or something. So I go to chill with uh, Gianni and Gaff in New Jersey and we're going to New York. We'd like gone to the mall or something and we're, Oh, to buy Johnny an electric scooter. That was that day. Yeah. So, um, we're going back home or something or going to New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to New York and all of a sudden I was just like, I just remembered that I'd made that song and I was like, dude, can I play you guys what I made in LA and everyone was like, yeah, man, of course. So I like play it in the car and instantly Johnny was like, bro, like I should hop on this. And I was like, really? After all this time, like this is what you want to get on after all the songs I've asked you to be on. And he's like, yeah, man, like this is fire. He's like, I actually really like this because I'd I'd like talk to him for like months and we'd known each other at this point for like six months. Yeah, you've
0: become friends, but you came from a standpoint of being a fan and you're like, dude, let's do shit. Let's do shit. And he's like, yeah, maybe Shadow will jump on.
1: Yeah. So for that to be like the first thing, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be good Or if you even think it's good, really, but okay, like whatever you want to do. So we instantly flip the Uber around and we're and he's like, Internet Hippie has a studio. We're going to Internet Hippie's house. And I was like, All right, man, let's get it. So we go to Internet Hippies and literally, like, we do me and Gianni's Internet Hippie interviews, and like right after Gianni's like, All right, man, I'm recording this right now. So we go into Internet Hippies like room, no like pop filter or anything. He just like sets up the mic and he's like, All right, man, I'm doing it right now. so very, genius. I like passed out that night. I wasn't feeling too hot. So I wake up the next morning and I hadn't heard it yet. So I like Gianni had sent me the audio file overnight and I was like, bro, this shit is so fire. And this was a Saturday. So I was like, I'm dropping it tomorrow. Like, I have to. This is like the shit is so fire. Like, I feel like it'll be cool. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I think it'll just be like a nice little song for you so like we drop it and then i remember you like called me that that morning of the sunday and you're like dog did you see like this shit is like doing fucking good you wouldn't look and you wouldn't look at the <laughs> And to this day i don't look at that shit because it gives me anxiety so i was like "No, no 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 i don't care and yeah, you were yeah. like yeah man i mean you don't have to look but i'm gonna just tell you that it's like doing really good yeah
0: and you're like Above or under like 50K (laughs) or something like that. And I was like, it's creeping. Like, I think it is. Yeah, I remember that. And you're like, no, stop. And I was like, (laughs) I mean, and I'm like, kind of like doing my nerdy math. I'm like, at this rate, it's probably gonna break this at this time. And you're like, stop, dude, stop. Yeah,
1: I remember. I like, didn't wanna know. So then I like, checked it two days later and I was like, what the fuck? And that was like when I knew, I was like, all right, this song is something special because like, it really didn't blow up at first, but no. that was my first song that got, like, 100K in, like, two weeks or three weeks.
0: It didn't blow up like it did now. And we'll talk well, about yeah, that Well, yeah, because
1: blow up second. to me now is, like, a different... Right. Because at that time, that was blowing up. It
0: blew up in its own regard because you were getting... It, it did, I would say, 10 times better than anything else, which was crazy. Easily, yeah. But you weren't, like, getting the plays that you're currently getting now. So it was this crazy cool sign, but then it also, like... It's not nearly as big. It didn't blow up the way that it has now. It had a set. It had a resurgence. Yeah. um, Which is crazy. And we'll talk about that, I guess, here in a second. Okay, yeah. yeah. But that was nuts.
1: Yeah. No, at the time I was like, this is crazy because like like we say to this day, like we just made it for fun.
0: Dude, and we always joked about it in this house. Like we're like something crazy is going to come out of this house and it's like become the joke that like the the one night the the 3 or 4 hours that you came over was like the song that came Yeah, out that of the came hours. out of here.
1: But I don't think any of us knew that it was going to be that, but no. I think that's why it's way more special because we so. weren't trying. We were just
0: having fun. Completely. I completely so. agree. So then that comes out you come out on the Version 3 tour and to me that was important as far as our friendship because yeah. I knew after that that you were, like, one of us in the sense of just, like, you belonged and you were this real artist and this excited person that just wanted to do it. And watching you perform, we were just, like, all of us were, like, what's this energy? What is this, Who's yeah. this person? Like, what?
1: Bro, because I was so nervous to be there with you guys. And as soon as, like, we got up on stage, because I'd never, I'd done the Kentucky show and, like. One more show before that, maybe. So being there and, like, being around all these artists that I look up to, I was just like, bro, you better go hard or go home right now. Like, you got to turn all that nervous shit off. So I got up on stage and I was like, for a second, we're just going to forget that we're Gasper and we're going to pretend to be Savage Gasper a little bit and see how it goes.
0: You did that And then, like, my
1: live performance ended up being, like, one of the, like, I would say my strongest points to this day.
0: Dude, yeah. 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 So that was really special. And to me, like, I was... I was really honored to have you because I felt like I missed in the beginning where I like had my chance to do something. So like having you be a part of that felt like all was right in the world. And it just every bit of it was cool. And that tour was so special to me. Oh,
1: dude, to this day, like I'll never forget that. Like, dude, I really found out a lot more about myself because of that tour. And like being around those people, getting comfortable with myself, performing and everything. Like, I feel like I just learned a lot in like three days. Yeah. Like I grew up so much so fast and I was like, wow. Yeah, this is crazy.
0: So then another part that I want to get to is where did you two meet and where does that come into it? So Tommy knew Keyshore
1: a little bit. So around the same time that Pumpkin Scream was being made, a little, maybe a little bit before that, Keyshore got an open from Tommy and like I just heard it and I'd like known about him from Instagram because I thought like he was just like really fire like his style was mad cool but i was yeah. like this kid's never gonna like talk to me probably thinks i'm a stupid virgin <laughs> so um i just asked Keyshore, i was like would it be cool if i like got on the song with you guys like he doesn't have to use it but if he likes it like can we just use it
0: you piggybacked on to kishore's open
1: yeah but <laughs> that but how i did it was like I knew that if it wasn't good, he wasn't going to do it. So I was, I just went like absolutely as hard as possible. I think that's yeah, still one of my best. I think that's still and one that of my this best features. We really had like the shortest verse ever. Like it was like a, a three second verse. Yeah. No, his verse was like 30 seconds. And I literally rapped just straight bars yeah, for like a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> snapped, and, and then like, me and I Kishore went back to back I at the end. Didn't need to be on. I was just like. Hey, like <laughs> it's their, their song. Featuring you. So. I knew that I needed to do that though for Tommy to like see that I was like actually serious and like I wasn't just
0: some random kid that like lived with Keyshore. What were your thoughts on it? Like, did you have, did you know anything about Gasper or like?
1: Um, I think I saw him like posted up with like Keyshore in a couple of posts, but I didn't really know who he was until like Keyshore mentioned him. And and then like after that, like I checked out his music. I was like, oh shit, like, you know,
0: shit kind of sucked. So Tom, you, you were just off the radar like he was just like a dude, oh, cool. completely
1: yeah. but as soon as me and Tommy became friends he was like one of the most supportive like cool people that I've like ever met like s- to this day like Tommy like supports people like no no one else like he doesn't care if you're like big or small yeah like
0: if, and if he fucks with you he'll support you so when did you guys meet in person Ooh, New York the- what was that recently
1: or was that this was like a couple of months ago
0: Yeah, well, yeah,
1: we were friends over the internet for a long time before we actually met.
0: Because... (sighs) Yeah. Okay, so you guys had been internet friends, you got the open there, it was enough for you to take him seriously and be like, oh shit, this is cool, because then, and if I'm messing the timeline up, fix it, Okay, but you put out Tunnel of Love, and that was an important part.
1: Yeah, that was like, so that's jumping ahead a little bit, but that was like... So we got home from the version three tour in January, right? Or am I right? Or December? Yeah. yeah.
0: It was was the very end of December. So yeah. Yeah, Yes. Because then I went home for Christmas. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So probably a month goes by of me like chilling. Actually, I also went on the Texas tour around that time. That's
0: right. That Lone Wolf tour. It was like me,
1: um, a few other homies. Keyshore came. Oh, cool. That was such a fire tour too. So that's what I had been doing in that time and then I got home and I hadn't recorded music in a really long time and like the first thing that I got being back was the open from Tommy for Tunnel of Love. Okay. And at the time I didn't really have like a, a setup like because also when we were on tour, when I just got back from that version 3 tour, my car broke. Oh
0: it got no, totaled. your yeah. E36? Yeah, yeah, I
1: crashed it into someone and then the front was like fucked and then I went to actually it was one of Nick's shows in Philly and I was like it, the, it snowed long story short and like the hood was a soft top so it got covered in ice and I was trying to break off the ice I think me and Nate were doing it and I just like it was using an umbrella or some stupid shit. So the convertible top broke yeah. and like that we had no way to get to New York at the time so I was like fuck this sucks. So I had no setup, really. This is after me and Mitch moved in together. Mitch had, like, a mic, though, yeah, or at least, like, some sort of makeshift setup. So he had taken his mic, so I called my friend Jordan, and I was like, yo, Tommy sent me this, like, really fire open, but I can't do it. like." And, and he was like, don't worry, I have, like, an old mic that we can use. So we really, like, made do that day and, like, Whoa. recorded in my closet and just, like, banged it out and then freaking like mixed it really half ass. i think we mixed it on like GarageBand or like something and i was like bro i hope tommy like doesn't hate this because i, I didn't think it was good at all and i sent it back to tommy and yeah. he was like yeah man like this is, this
0: is yeah he was, he was like yeah this is, this is good
1: so i was like all right so i was like a little bit self-conscious about it because i didn't like how my verse sounded but he put it out it, like obviously, I said it was cool, and he put it out, Um, and then nothing really happened at first. But we've been saying like this is like, gonna, like no, no. I was I was about yeah. to get to that. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So I didn't even talk about this. So Pumpkin Scream at this time is having like this little bit of a bubble on TikTok because
0: the one because the girl, girl posted, posted it.
1: it. Yeah, so that's happening. That like February also. Yeah. So Tunnel of Love is chilling. It has like ten k. So. This girl post pumpkin scream and it had like a full start really because it didn't really blow up till like six months after that. Yep. But this girl posts it and for like a couple of days everything's going crazy like the song's doing good and Tommy says he's like bro I have a feeling that we're gonna blow up on TikTok he's like. I'm just going to call it right now because it's going to happen. And I was like, dog, I don't think that that's going to work. He's like, "Not nah, trust me. Your song's already like going crazy. And I was like, honestly, I think that's pretty much the extent of it. Like, I think I just got lucky. And he's like, nah, you're tripping. Trust me. So another month and a half, two months goes by, nothing happening. And I'm like working on, I guess I'm over it at the time. Oh, cool. And yeah, so that that was really what I was doing to fill the time. And we, I was getting ready for the second tour because we, right. we were talking yeah, about it. Yeah, that's was coming up. So right before that tour so like april may ish um tunnel of love starts popping off crazy on tiktok and tommy was like bro i fucking told you so people are like doing all types of dances to it and neither one of us really knew what tiktok was no i I've, didn't really like have the app or nothing but people but like oh. fans were like sending it to us and we're like hey man like Whatever. So
0: you guys don't know. Like that initial, whatever that was, the very beginning of kids finding it, that was totally organic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. For both of them. Whoa. So Tunnel of Love is popping off. And Tommy uh is like doing his thing. Like he's um I'm trying to think of what we were doing at the time. I guess I was putting out, I guess I'm over it. Tommy was like helping me work on that, and like Tommy was doing his own thing too. And um, Tunnel Love was going crazy, though. Like, it was going from, like, getting, like, 10K a day to, like, 100K a day. Yeah, I remember
0: that moment. Like, it was, like, comical how crazy it was going. It was, like, check it. Like, okay.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, getting ready to go on tour with you again as this happens. And I dropped, I guess I'm over it. And I really think, like, I don't, like, give that album enough credit, but I think that that was the final thing that, like, cemented me as, like, an actual person in the community that wasn't just some random fan or some friend of someone. Yeah. And that was, like, a really, really big moment. And at this time, Tunnel of Love is popping off so huge that it kind of, like, pushed I Guess I'm Over It out more. It was
0: perfect timing. So.
1: And, and it was like, I really, we didn't know. like So I guess I'm over it. Happened to pull a gas without even pulling it because I, I didn't even do that tunnel. Like it just happened to coincide. Yeah. And I guess I'm over it. Started popping off a little bit and Tunnel of Love was continuing to go crazy. So I was like, this is dope. We're on tour. Life is great. And like halfway through the tour, no, we're in Arizona actually. And some girl from my high school is like, yo, I've been seeing Tunnel of Love everywhere. Did you see that someone posted one to Pumpkin Scream? And I was like, no. And we'd, meet, we'd just got done performing. Like, me and Gianni had performed it maybe 20 minutes before. And I was like, no. Like, we were doing the meet and greet with people outside. I was like, I haven't seen it. I was performing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she sent it to me. On version 3 tour.
1: Yeah. Little, oh, that happened shit. on on tour with you also. Oh, my God. So, yeah, which is like crazy coincidence. But it just happened to be what happened. So... We're in Arizona. And I look when we got back to my parents house and yeah. the video that the girl had posted already had like 30,000 likes on TikTok. So I was like, all right. Like, I didn't really know how it worked, but I was like, that's super fire. So um, one of my friends, Owen, he's like one of my best friends from Boston, like his girlfriend. um, It was famous on TikTok also. And she like she was one of the first people that posted it, too, because he was like, yo, look, the song is like popping off like you should like do it like this is my friend gasp. So then she posted it and like from that, her friend that was like even bigger than that posted it. And then from that, like all these people. So it took that one little organic push for someone else to see it, for Owen to just see it. Like, oh, that's my friend gasp. Like he didn't even tell me at first that he did it. And then he just showed it to her and he was like, you don't have to make a video to it, but if you like it. And she just happened to love the song. And then her friend just happened to like it. And then those people just happened to see it on her page. And from there, it was, like, firestorm. Like, 20,000 new videos every day. Dude. And... (laughs) Like,
0: all of us. Like, nobody expected it. No, no one expected that. All of us were just like, whoa, fuck. This is cool. This is real. Like, what? And you'd watch the streams go up on Spotify. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that made, like, labels and industry start paying attention. Because none of us understood TikTok. We were all just like, oh, that's crazy. That's a lot of people making these videos. And then... You started seeing Tunnel of Love like jumping on Spotify where it was like, oh, wait, that's real. And your monthly listeners were going crazy. And it was like, "Okay." and pumpkin scream. And it was like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. And then it was really like everyone started paying attention then because like people made videos about it. People made YouTube videos and TikTok videos and compilations and like. They went to the video on YouTube and blew it up even more on YouTube. And then they found like my other songs and they um, they took it and like put those on TikTok too. And then like I met people in the community just because like just like us, like from our music community, they're just genuine, cool people. Like there's some people on TikTok that are weird and there's some people that are amazing just like in anything else. Yeah. So the friends that I were making were like such great, genuine people. It was like I found another group that I like connected with almost like when I first met all the homies that we chill with, it was just like, they're from a different place. Yeah. But the energy is the same. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's universal.
1: It was just like, and it was going so crazy. I really didn't have time to like notice. Like I was, I was just like, what the fuck? So I'm working a job still. I get home. I got home from that tour and I went back to work. Yeah. And then one day my boss came in and he was like, Hey man, is this you? And he like shows me like this video. Um, His son made a TikTok to Tunnel of Love and then like his son had looked up Savage Gas because he followed me on Instagram or something and it was like my Instagram and he like he was like is this you and I was like yeah and he's like do you make music or something he's like what do you do he's like why does my son know who you are and I was like dude it's so hard to explain so I like went into his office and explained everything about it and he was just like so do you what are you gonna quit? And I was like, Nah, I don't think I need to quit. So that night I go home and I'm like thinking about like everything blowing up. And I'm like, that's crazy. And it's OK to cry. FaceTime me just like like on some regular bro shit. And he was like, hey, man, you should make a TikTok. He's like, I did it for Viagra and it like helped the song a lot. He's like, I think that if you made one for Pumpkin Scream, like people would really like it. So I was like, OK, so the next day at work, I'm like brainstorming ideas for this TikTok And I'm like, I'm too awkward. Like, none of this shit is going to work. So I go home and I just, like, make the most gas video ever. I was like, I'm not going to try to edit it or do anything crazy. I'm going to just be like, hey, I'm Savage Gas. So I made the song. So I posted it at, like, 7 p.m. And I checked back, like, 20 minutes later. It had, like, 300 likes. I was like, that's so much. That's fucking crazy. I woke up. At 4.30 a.m. The next day to go to work. And it had like 480,000 likes on TikTok. Oh my. God. And my Instagram had jumped like 9k followers. Uh. And my TikTok had, it was at like 60,000 followers. Uh. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> I like went to sleep and like turned off my ringer. And like I wake up and like everyone I know has messaged me. And I was like, what is going on? So I'm like looking at my notifications and like everyone that was making videos that were famous to the song were commenting on the thing and were, being, were just being supportive. And through that, their fan bases were, like, reaching out and, like, more people were, like, using the video and they're, like, oh, he's just, like, a normal kid. Like, that's so fire. And oh then it was, like, God. from that, it was just, like, it just went crazy bananas.
0: It went crazy. You know what it's nuts for me to hear, though, is it was layers of going crazy. Like, Tunnel of Love first. And then it was, like, damn. That's sick. And then pumpkin scream, but pumpkin scream first, and like all these little steps, like little, like it's like levels of Yeah, there was viral. so was many like,
1: things that <laughs> led up to <laughs> it. It was just like everyone thinks it like happened, but yeah. it was like a five-month process of that's, happening.
0: Yeah, that's actually like hearing you explain it, that's insane. And like,
1: I don't know. It's so. it feels really like unreal. But it's like even now, like it trans like now Flaming Hot Cheetos and I'm Drunk and I Miss You two older songs yeah. now are blowing up like that. Like Flaming Hot Cheetos is about to hit two million plays. That's insane. Like just thinking about that because we know how long it's been out for. Right. And like, so how like, is that going to happen again? And like it and, and it's like you think about it and now like, I don't know, it's it's hard to say because you it's such a powerful thing. You really don't know what's going to happen. That's for TikTok to decide.
0: I take it you quit that job quit it the next week <laughs> was he just like yeah I told you so
1: he was just like hey man I'm, I'm happy for you like that's dope I like met his son he was cool <laughs> um I still like like he was one of the coolest bosses ever he like gave me days off to go to New York he went at the very end of my job he gave me days off to go talk to labels to go have meetings to like go like do whatever I needed to do so he like under he got it and he yeah. was really really supportive about it damn shout, shout out to my boy Big Wesley
0: that's awesome. Shouts, Big Wesley. Yeah, he's so far. Um, damn. So that kinda takes us to now. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, I would say. I mean, like, it's crazy. And like we were talking about this. I that wanna, just happened. <laughs> I for sure want to do a follow up episode a year later or whatever, because I feel like from the time we met each other, which is almost exactly a year ago. To, to the now, day. Almost. Almost. What's it? Actually. Today,
1: like the, the fourth, yeah. We met like
0: Bro, we need to Almost check Almost exactly. It might be an exact year. But, like, holy shit, what's going to happen next? Because, like, just now, like, you just saw this today. Like, you're on that Playboy Cardi show, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, me and Tommy are opening for Playboy Cardi uh, on the 24th at USC. Insane. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, man. And uh, Gianni is performing with me, too. Really? Yeah. Yo. And if Mark and Charlie and everybody are here, like, I would love for, like, the first time I do Pumpkin Scream in front of, like, 10,000 people to be with the same boys that I did it with in front of 10 people.
0: Yo, you better believe we're showing up for that. I got you all on the guest list. Oh, my God. Anybody listening needs to be there. Anybody in this area needs to be there and understand how special that is. Because
1: it really is just, like,
0: Yeah but like i yeah. saw
1: dude and seeing that shit this morning was funny like we were i'd just woken up and our friend drew came comes into the room and he's like gasp like you're on the front page of snapchat and i was like what like you know they have those ads yeah and uh i like click i like opened mine up and like the first ad that i clicked was like playboy cardi and then i was like reading the lineup and i was like wait a minute that's I'm my sorry. name i know that name i was like wait me and tommy are right there and um I was just like, damn, because literally yesterday I did a a lyric breakdown with TikTok that's coming out on their page for Pumpkin Scream and Tunnel of Love, too. So that was like another thing that happened that was like absolutely insane. We're
0: like legit in the middle of it right now. No, literally, like
1: like like today is like this shit is still happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so I'm so glad we're sitting down right now, too, because like what a special little moment. Like we don't know what happens from here.
1: Yeah, dude, it's hard to say. Like, I feel like myself like i haven't changed but what's going on around me is drastically different yeah. from last year and at i this like time when we I were special.
0: joking about it too it's like on that first tour i gave you a ten dollar per diem and you're like i'm sorry what like we <laughs> get money to eat every day and you were so excited dude because
1: i was just so happy that you gave me a chance to be on it and i remember like coming there i spent all the money that i had from work on a flight to get there because i didn't make any money off streaming at that point And I was just, like, I didn't want to, like, tell you guys that I didn't have any money. Like, I was just, like, I'm going to just, like, eat when I can and just do it. So when you offered me that, I was just, like, bro, like,
0: this shit is crazy. God, to now, it's, like, you can live off of music. Yeah. I mean, that's a dream that people chase for a lot.
1: See, true, and that's, like, my message always to everybody is, like, I think if you like work really, really hard and like put yourself in the right places and just like, I don't know, just be a genuine ass person. You can really like do the shit because like we're no better than you. No, I don't I don't think anybody's better than the other just because like you do something, you have some status like doesn't matter. I love that. I feel like any kid could like do it, too. But for me, it's just like I'm still not used to it to be honest but it's definitely nice to just not have to worry about certain things like that because I was always worried about that I was always like I don't have enough money Will I have enough money to eat Will me and Mitch have enough money to pay the rent like whatever yeah so I'm like just really thankful for that
0: I love that that's your story I love that that's your message and it's really cool to me to be to have a friend like you that is proof of that And to make it so real by telling this story, because from afar, you're like, oh, must be nice to just go viral on TikTok. But as we break it down, there was so much that went into it. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, there's years of work, a little bit
0: of like, okay, cool. This person liked the song and posted it. But what it took to make the song that was like the connections, the people that you met, the risks you took, the amount of shows and turning back on your way to. Home to New York to make a song to meet the right people to jump on a verse with Keyshore to get that opportunity to get an open with you like every bit of that is work
1: and it all led to now because if it wasn't for that, me and Tommy wouldn't be sitting in the same room together, Tunnel of Love wouldn't exist. If I hadn't gone back that day, me and Gianni would have never met,
0: dude. And that, like, I love that because. It could seem like it's all so like, oh, cool! This is fun. Whoa, look at all this that happened! But you busted your ass to put yourself in those opportunities, and with no money or no security or proof of concept of that working at all.
1: I was just like, dude, I feel like this is the only way. You're good. You come and that's it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like crazy that we're even like talking about it, but it's
0: insane it's so cool it's so cool to see that story because you know like there are unfortunately stories where that doesn't work out right and like people don't like they chase it and it doesn't happen but it's cool to see you guys be so genuine and it came from a really cool place of hard work (laughs) uh young burial just left the room you are now listening
1: to young burial
0: but damn i mean i feel like that says it huh
1: yeah, dude, I feel like we covered pretty much everything so far. I think that I'm really excited to to talk in a year about this, because yeah. I wonder if we'll look back like because if I would have told the gas that was here a year ago that this is what it was going to be like now, he would have been like, you're a fucking liar. Fuck yeah.
0: You. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> it's just like. I don't know. I feel like this is like a nice time capsule. And I wish I lowkey wish we would have done it then because then if I would have like listened back to how I was talking then. I know. I don't know. I feel like it's just like about growing up really because like this year has made me like mature a lot and just like think about things a lot differently. But I think that that's where I need to be now. Yeah. Because like we got to grow up and just like get it work hard and just get shit done.
0: Yeah. I'm excited though for like the future for the boys. Me too me too and i think it's growing up in the right way right like yeah still like it's still all the same bullshit shenanigans but it's like that work ethic and you see that hard work can pay off and then you just get those blinders to keep going
1: oh yeah dude because it's like once you have it it's like you freaking i'm hungry
0: yeah which is crazy to hear that that comes back all the way from the days of playing soccer yeah
1: and it's just like it's the same like just competitive like nature like I don't want to be better than anyone else, but I want to be like the best possible gas that I could be. And that's like what I always want.
0: That's sick. I mean, fuck. I feel like we did the thing. Let's get it on. There it is. Thank you.
1: Of course, Doug.